I'd like to start off with this quote uh, from what Cindy shared a couple of weeks ago from her The Renewal of Work interview. Uh, she said, for the longest time, I have believed that I am great under pressure. I feel I deliver under pressure. I feel I'm quite stoic, not hyper, very planned, methodic, strategic, and sensitive. When the pandemic hit, it thwarted all these lies that I've come to believe over a long period of time. I think what Cindy did there was really articulate how each of us feel during this time. Um, we definitely, I can speak for myself, I definitely feel defeated. I feel weak with all that's happening um, around. And, and no matter who we are, I'm sure all of us agree that this pandemic has made us feel defeated and weak. But in the midst of all of this, the Bible calls and trains us to not just be conquerors, but more than conquerors. Um, if, if you've been a follower of Jesus for a while, this, this phrase is not strange. It's not new to us. Um, the, it, it trains us to be more than conquerors. What even is that? And how do we even feel that and be that with all that's going on around us? Let's look at the passage uh, in which Paul uses this. It's taken from the book called Romans, which is written by a follower of Jesus called Paul. This is an excellent exposition on what the good news of Jesus is and what it means for you and I. In this beautiful exposition, Paul calls us this phrase. So um, I'd, I'd like to call upon Joshua to read the passage for us before I dive straight in into this talk. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. What then shall we say to these things? If God, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you, Joshua. That reading was taken from Romans chapter 8. Allow me to just pray before uh, we dive straight in. Um, Lord, even through worship, uh, you, you've seen the state of our hearts. No matter who we are, 
we've come here beaten, torn down, worn down, weak, defeated. This is our cry. Lord, may the truth of your word become a reality in our hearts this morning. Holy Spirit, would you do that for us? In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, here are the three things that we're going to be looking at from this passage. First thing we're going to be uh, seeing, do we even feel like conquerors? What is the truth versus reality? Do we even feel like conquerors? Second thing, why don't we feel like conquerors? And the third thing, how does Christ make us more than conquerors? Do we feel like conquerors? Why don't we feel like it? How does Christ make us more than conquerors? Let's dive straight in. I know that this passage says that we are more than conquerors. Uh, and, and the answer to the question that is there upon your screen, do we feel like conquerors? I'm sure each of us are coming back by saying a resounding no. It feels like the pandemic has defeated the best of us, irrespective of our social and economic class. Everyone, no matter what they believe in, which belief system they subscribe to, have either lost something or someone really dear during this pandemic. This passage doesn't ignore the fact that we feel the defeat and loss. It is not calling for the followers of Jesus for a superficial faith that says, no matter what's going on, I'm going to ignore all of it and declare myself I am more than a conqueror. No. Paul is listing everything that is going to come against us in this broken world. And these are, these are some of the things that Paul himself has faced in his own experience. It will come up for us on the screen. He lists these things. He says, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, danger or sword. And then he says, death nor life, angels nor rulers, present nor the things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in creation. All of these things in this broken world might come against us. But while he lists all these things, Paul is inviting us to see that these things in themselves cannot make us feel defeated. He says in verse 37, no, in all these things, all these things that he has listed, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, in our context, it is so easy for us to believe that the real enemy for us currently is the pandemic. Oh, how long? When will it end? I, I, I know that the pandemic has its effects and I'm not belittling it. And I myself am the first person to cry out, when will this end? But if we have to be honest, over the past one year, I know I have blamed the pandemic for a lot of things. 
a lot of things that I have messed up, a lot of places that I have fallen short, I have blamed the pandemic for it. Yes, it has played a role. But I've, I've, so, I've seen the pandemic as my main sole enemy. This is the thing that is against me. Isn't that true? Didn't we all? If these in themselves are not our real enemies and don't have the power in themselves to defeat us, then why do we feel defeated? Why do we feel powerless and weak? Why don't we feel like conquerors? Paul is doing a very interesting thing. We'll, we'll go on to this next point. Why don't we feel like conquerors? He's, he's helping us see a relationship between not being separated from the love of God and being more than conquerors. It'll come up for us on the screen. First, he asks us, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Right? And then he's listing all these things. And then in verse 37, he says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Look at that relationship. He's asking us who can separate us from the love of Christ. And he's answering it by saying, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So since we've established the fact that these trials in themselves are not the ultimate enemy, he's helping us see that there is an enemy that is going deeper than just the pandemic. Trials like these that we are in currently lead us on the path of doubting God's love for us. Let's be honest to ourselves. With all the things that is going on in and around us, what is it making us believe about God's love for us? I know in theory we do believe and sing of his love and, and, and we say, I, I know that he loves me, but take a moment to see within our hearts right now, in the midst of all that you're going through, what do we believe about God's love? Does our heart really know that God's love, is God's love real to our hearts in this moment? The only thing worse than facing trials is facing trials doubting God's love in the midst of it. You know, the last two and a half years of marriage have helped me realize this point clearly. There are times when Taru and I are going through some really difficult and rough patches. And especially this last one and a half year, uh, one year and more of the lockdown has introduced each other to our uglies even more. There are moments when it becomes so easy to give up. Because in those really dark moments, it is so difficult to believe that she loves me and I love her and God in his love has brought us together. Though these are absolutely true and it increases the strength of our marriage in the course, 
in those dark moments it is so difficult to see and believe that she loves me and i love her and god loves us and brought us together okay what is the pandemic making you feel about god's love for you satan the accuser thrives on opportunities like this since he cannot outrightly say you are not god's child he uses moments like this to make us doubt god's love for us and he leads us on the path of condemnation how does this work we start to believe that we got probably fired from our job or we have taken a pay cut because god is punishing us and teaching us a lesson we start to believe that we are not able to find a life partner because god is making us pay for our past mistakes we start to believe that there is constant turmoil in the house we are constantly fighting because god is dealing and and punishing us for our own sins and the sins of our family now take a moment to see what is the narrative that you are believing in right now what do you think that you are doing is separating you from god's love and not making it real in your heart hey if you are on this call today chances are that probably you haven't struggled much in terms of a job loss or a pay cut or you or or your immediate family have contracted the virus but in god's grace we have recovered with minimum damage and in god's grace probably we have even got a raise at our work we're probably doing financially better we are probably able to save more during this time if you are in this kind of place how does condemnation work for you how does condemnation work for us if we are in this kind of place we are not immune to condemnation as well probably we've been feeling it and haven't yet got the words to um, to to articulate it you know there's a new term coined to explain what this feeling is it's called pandemic guilt this guilt is is pretty much like survivor's guilt when you go through the same thing as someone else and they succumb to it while you haven't you know i i am reminded of a really painful incident in my life um when when i was in college um two friends of mine were involved in a bike accident and and that bike accident really crushed all of us what happened was when they were going on the bike they hit something and each of them fell on either sides of the bike one guy fell on the road and the other guy fell off the road and the guy who fell on the road was hit by a bus and he passed away on the spot while my other friend just escaped with mere scratches and bruises you know that moment was really hard for each of us and it was even more hard for my friend who survived with mere bruises and scratches 
he was experiencing something called the survivor's guilt. Hey, probably we are among those who have fallen on the safer side of the pandemic. We probably escaped with mere bruises and we're probably struggling with an unspoken guilt and we don't even know it. We're feeling guilty because we even got a pay rise um, while many people are losing their jobs. We're probably even secretly enjoying the comfort of the lockdown in our homes while so many people outside are struggling to make ends meet. We're probably opening social media and seeing so many people being useful in sharing contacts of oxygen beds and plasma donors. And we're looking at ourselves and saying, hey, I'm not doing enough. I I, I don't have so many contacts. What do I do? I'm not doing enough. Probably you're feeling guilty because of that. Hey, I don't know what kind of guilt you're experiencing. You know, there are plenty of recognized mental health experts talking about it. And according to uh, the Hackensack Meridian Health, they say pandemic guilt may result in nightmares, insomnia, inability to function, social isolation, feelings of fear, emotional detachment, avoidance of usual activities, and could be a form of PTSD if it lasts for more than four weeks. You probably are experiencing these symptoms. My point is, just because we're doing well, that doesn't mean that we are immune to the condemnation that the accuser brings to our hearts. Condemnation is one of the most powerful weapons used against God's children. This makes us feel unloved, defeated, and far from being a conqueror. If you're experiencing this kind of condemnation and guilt, how does Christ make us more than conquerors amidst all that we are experiencing. How does Christ make us more than conquerors? What does that even mean? We'll explore that in the last point. He does two things. Firstly, he removes our condemnation. That's the first thing he does. This is how he does it. The verse will come up for us on the screen. In verse 34, Paul argues, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, was raised. Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Friends, this condemnation is real. That is what Paul is helping us see. That is the real enemy. That is the real weapon that the accuser is using against you and me during this time. At a heart level, 
condemnation is believing that God doesn't love me. Okay, this morning, I don't know what kind of guilt you're experiencing. Probably it's the pandemic guilt. Or probably it's the guilt of finding ourselves doing something that we are not proud of in the isolation and the loneliness of our homes during this time. How is Paul encouraging us? Firstly, look at what he's saying. He's saying, he's, he's saying who is to condemn? And then he stops the focus on us and he points us to Jesus. He says, Jesus is the one who died. He paid for your sin. Jesus is the one who rose from death. He defeated sin. He says, Jesus is the one who is seated at the powerful position at the right hand of God. And who is currently interceding for us. As if just dying and rising to death is not enough, in the present continuous, he is dealing with every single condemnation in the present continuous that you and I are experiencing today. And, and, and he's defending us in front of the Father and saying, Father, I died for this. Father, I know that he's experiencing, but I died for this. I paid for it. He is worthy of your love. Because of what I did. No one can separate them from my love. That's what he does. He removes our condemnation. This morning I'm hoping that the Holy Spirit is working in our hearts to remove this condemnation. Secondly, what he does is he uses the very thing that condemns us to make us conquerors. This is how he makes us more than conquerors. He uses the very thing that condemns us to make us more than conquerors. Look at verse 37. He says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Here's the beauty, friends. God doesn't make us conquerors by just removing these things from our life. In and through them, he makes us more than conquerors. Putting in sport terms, imagine which victory is more glorious. Is it a victory where we have a walkover from the other team? Or is it a victory where we go with a powerful enemy and play them? And, and, and uh, God uses that enemy to build us as a team and declare us as conquerors. How does he do this? How does he use these things that condemn us to, to make us more than conquerors? We see that in the very first verse that we read. Verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things, everything that Paul listed, everything that is coming against you and I, Work together for good for those who he has called according to his purpose. This means he doesn't just merely defeat 
what comes against us. He goes one step further and uses it for our own good. Allow me to just read this definition by uh, uh, a very renowned theologian and pastor, Pastor John Piper. It will come up for us on the screen. This is how he defines more than a conqueror. He says, a conqueror defeats his enemy. But one who is more than a conqueror subjugates his enemy. A conqueror nullifies the purpose of his enemy. One who is more than a conqueror makes the enemy serve his own purpose. A conqueror strikes down his foe. One who is more than a conqueror makes his his foe his slave. Hey, in no means am I belittling the struggles that we are facing. I know that there is brokenness around us and in us. But in the grief and through the strife, are we letting this brokenness lead us into God's love or lead us away from it? You know, in the context of this chapter, Paul's exhortation is helping us see that we are more than conquerors when we recognize God's love in using what is thrown against us for us, for our good and his glory. When we recognize God's love in using what is thrown against us, for us, for our good and his glory. My question to you this morning, hey, are we able to recognize and appreciate God's love in the midst of all that's happening? Only that can make us more than conquerors. Allow me to just close with a, a true story that really, um, that really deals and helps us understand the, the, the role of God's love and how it defeats any condemnation that we might be experiencing today. The story is told of a Puerto Rican kid called Nikki Cruz. Then we can go off screen sharing. Nikki Cruz's dad didn't want to deal with the rebellious behavior and, and, and as a kid, and he put him on a plane to New York to be raised by his relatives. You know, as he grew up, Around 1948, during his teenage years, he became one of the most dangerous teenage warlords in Brooklyn. Around that time, a man called David Wilkerson was burdened to engage with teenage street thugs with the love of Jesus. One night in in a dark alleyway, uh, he encounters Nikki Cruz. This laughing teenage warlord flashes a a switchblade in in, in the face of David Wilkerson, expecting him to retreat. But when faced with the switchblade, David Wilkerson, instead of retreating, says, you could cut me in a thousand pieces and lay them out in the street and every piece would love you. You know, that 
deeply, truly had an impact on Nikki, who never experienced this kind of love. Long story short, this began the transformation journey of Nikki, who is now an author, an evangelist, and is blessing a lot of street kids who are given into uh, this kind of uh, this kind of waywardness, and he's he's spearheading a lot of street kid outreaches as we speak today. This story of transformation is 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 uh, is a movie now, uh, which is called The Cross and the Switchblade. You know, Wilkerson passed away in 2011. And when Wilkerson passed away, this is what Nikki Cruz said. It hurts. It hurts real bad. I miss him. I know I will see him again. I will spend eternity with him. But I will be there because he was bold enough in the power of the Holy Spirit to tell a kid holding a switchblade in his face that Christ Jesus loves me. Hey, I don't know what this guilt and condemnation is doing to your own heart. It's probably leading you into dark alleyways where you're not doing things, where you're doing things that you're probably not proud of. It's probably making you retreat. Probably during this time, even though you know of Jesus' love for you, it seems so distant and such a non-truth to our hearts. Probably the last thing you're experiencing is that you're a loved child of God. No matter who you are, no matter who we are, we all do need this reminder and experience this kind of love where we are heard, where we are cared for, and where we are reminded of Christ's love for us. We need each other. Notice Paul says, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We need each other. Allow me to just talk a little about what we experienced last Friday in something called the gospel huddle. We just met to pour our hearts out. We just met to pour our fears out, our real feelings, our real feelings that we are feeling lonely, distant, unloved by God. And we we met in this space where we were met with a non-judgmental, truly caring, warm environment. Hey, as someone who works as a pastor, I needed that probably much more than anyone else. This morning, if you are in this kind of place, would you consider joining this experience where gather together, remind each other, point each other and and give each other, show each other Christ's love in the midst of all that we are going through. Hey, if you're not a follower of Jesus, this invitation is for you as well. 
probably you have journeyed this and you've heard the gospel uh, a lot of times uh, over your course of uh, of your time at new city if if you're ex- if you're asking or uh, and and seeing what next in this journey of exploration probably this wednesday huddle could be your next step into practically seeing how christ's love makes a difference in your current circumstance would you want to join as well friends allow me to close with this exhortation and this encouragement that paul gives It'll come for us on the screen for i am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor death nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of god in Christ Jesus our lord this is why we are more than conquerors in and through what we are experiencing allow me to pray jesus i know that you see everything that is thrown against us today you see all the brokenness around us in us you see all even even when our words can't articulate the kind of feelings that we are experiencing the kind of guilt and condemnation that the that the accuser is is subconsciously working in our minds we probably don't even see that but we are seeing the effects of it but jesus you see it you stand in the gap and say who then can condemn i died i rose i am at the right hand and i am interceding for you help us experience this love holy spirit would you make this love a reality in our hearts today would you show us what real more than conquerors mean during this time in your name i pray jesus amen amen